turn with me to the book of Galatians. We're going to be going back and forth from Galatians, uh, the application of the passage. But then also we're going to be looking in Genesis chapter 27. Um, I, I love speaking on this day and doing kind of a charge to our graduates. And I promise you, if you are here today... Um, this applies to all of us. It's not a matter of me just talking about those that are making this transition with whatever God is doing in their life. But in Galatians uh, chapter 6 gives us an important principle of, of how to live our lives and something that we often overlook that gets us in trouble. Um, Tuesday night reminded me of this very much so. Uh, I came home and I walked into the house and my wife said, I, I've got a project for you. We've worked on this all day and I need your help. And so I walked in there, and our kitchen sink was plugged up. And I said, babe, if there's something that I can take care of really fast, it's it's an easy job like this. Be careful when you have a job in your house that you say is an easy job. No job is as easy as you think it's going to be. So she had the plunger and all this, and so I went over there, and I plunged in. I thought, huh, okay, maybe this is a little more complicated. And then I said, I'll be right back. And I, 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 I ran out to the garage and got the tools. And I took out underneath all the guts. And I cleaned it out. And I snaked out the part right there. And I put it back together. And it was still plugged up. And then I ran down to Walmart. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And then I got Drano. And I came back to the house. And I poured that down. And that didn't work. So I did it a second time the way the instructions did. And then it gave, I read somewhere, to fill it up with hot water. And the hot water would push it through and kind of break everything. So I did that. Woke up the morning with a tub full of hot or cold water. And uh, that did not work. And so Jen was like, well, I can't do the dishes or can't run the dishwasher. Everything was tied into the drain system that was completely backed up. And come to find out later that it was way down. It wasn't just there. So uh, I I had some appointments at the church, and I came back in my dress clothes. And I said, babe, I got this snake. I'm going to knock this out. Take me 20 minutes. I'll have you up and running. So I'm on my hands and knees, and I take apart the sink, and I run the snake down there, run it 25 feet, and it doesn't do anything. So I go down in the basement, and at this time, I realized that Drano was actually made of bleach as well. I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but my black pants told me that later, so... Um, so, you know, it's, so I thought I, I can't make this any worse. So I went up and changed my clothes and I came back down there. You, you know how it starts off like this and it's growing and getting frustrated and frustrated. And as I'm going, I'm looking up and I'm thinking, man, this dumb builder that doesn't know how to build a house, I'm going to blame the builder. And then, then I go over and I think, well, the, the, the dumb plumber that doesn't know how to plumb a house and then, then, I, and then I think, I bet you it was the former uh, homeowner because there was all these spots where they, they did different things and I was blaming them. Do you know who I never blamed? Well, I didn't blame Satan either. Well, <laughs> I didn't blame myself. Never once did I go down there and say, Tony, this is probably your fault. I know it's probably my fault. Never once did that. So I got up there and I took a hacksaw to cut later on in the drain pipe to cut that. But it's no problem because I knew that the pipe was filled with water. So I took a five-gallon bucket. Watch this, guys, because this will help you, okay, if you don't know how to do this. And I balanced the five-gallon bucket on my knee. (laughs) And then all you have to do, watch, if you YouTube this right now, you can find me teaching how to do this correctly. Then I took the hacksaw with this thing, and I was doing this, but I was keeping the bucket balanced with this elbow, so it was all good. I didn't have to worry about anything. 
until I realized that the other side of the pipe was, you know, bouncing. So I just reached up and then about two and a half, three gallons dumped all over me, all over the floor with every gunk that you could possibly think of in that drain. Everything built up, all this, and the, the problem was not there. So I am full of gunk, and I went up, and I'm talking to Jen, and I'm saying, this is such a headache, this is a pain, all this other stuff. So I'm going over, and I'm scrubbing my hands and my face. <laughs> I'm washing my hands and my face. And my wife says, didn't you cut all the pipes in the basement? And I'm like, oh no, and I turned off the water, and I ran downstairs and all over the basement. So now I'm on my third trip to the store, and I'm buying elbows, PVC glue, all, you know, slip joints, all this other stuff. I finally find it, and I, and I cut the pipe at the very end of it. And I shove it in there and do all this stuff. And here comes all this gunk. And the majority of it was eggshells. Eggshells. And I thought, I know who puts eggshells down this thing. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> For about two years since we've lived there, I've been shoving eggshells down there. Because, I mean, you're doing it and everything. And I, I got, you know, you don't have to worry about it. That garbage disposal takes care of all that. That's why I have a garbage disposal. And I'm sure if I was to go back and read the instructions, it probably says don't put eggshells in the garbage disposal. But come on, who reads those things anyways? That's what the pictures are for. You just follow the pictures. And so here I am covered in eggshells, covered, stained pants, three receipts from the store, Gunk all over the room before, the room upstairs, the room that I was working in in the basement. Junk everywhere, uh, slips on the sleeve, glue on there. I mean, ruined boxes. Every, I, I am just going up there like this, covered in all this gunk. And here it is. And, and what happened is, all that time, every day of me going up to that garbage disposal, and one by one shoving those eggshells down there, I was not thinking that they were going down in that drain, all the way in that pipe, turning the corner and going down there and then piling. And then I'd do it the next day and they were going down the drain all the way around there and piling until one day it built up and I had a bigger problem two years later that built up on me that I had no idea. What affected me yesterday ruined me today. We, we, we do this in life all the time. I'm not thinking about how will this affect me tomorrow. My focus is I just want to do this right now and I'm shoving those eggshells and all the other gunk in there because we live for the moment. I, I want to read this passage to you guys and help you draw the application. There are a lot of guarantees in life and that's what I want to speak on this morning is the guarantee. And I say this to every young person that walked on the stage. I say it to every college grad that's here. I say it to every person sitting in the sanctuary right now. God has given us a guarantee. Don't you love a guarantee? You, you buy something and you, you, you buy a car and you say it's got a guarantee for 36 uh, months or 36,000 miles that we will fix it. I'm like, man, I love it. I feel good for those 36 months knowing I'm going to drive it up there and say, fix it, dude. You gave me a guarantee. God has given us a guarantee. 
Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let me put it like this. You will reap what you sow. And, and, and you think, well, I, I, I've covered it up and I'm good and I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a teen man. I'm going to live it up. I want to enjoy these years. I wanna enjoy, I'm going off to college. You know what? My mom and dad aren't here to tell me what to do. They're not going to be breathing down my neck telling me I can't do this and do that. I'm my own person. Yes, you are. But let me promise you this. You will reap what you sow. You will reap what you sow. It is, it is a law in the Bible, the same way, let, let me give you an illustration that is a, is a law called gravity. Let me, let me show you guys this. If I throw this up every single time, it's going to come down. Every single time. It's going to come, because it's a law that God has given us. And let, let me explain it like this. When you say, I'm going to go live it up and sleep with whoever I want, God says, yeah, go for it. You will reap what you sow. I'm going to go off to college and I'm going to find some parties and I'm going to drink it up and I'm going to live it up and I'm going to do this and I'm going to just do experimental drugs and it won't bother me. And God said, let me promise you this. What goes up will come down. What you shove out of your life and say, nobody knows and mom and dad's not here and Pastor Tony can't get on to me and da 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 da. You will reap what you sow. What if we lived our lives like that, understanding that? I mean, literally, understanding with what I have in my life right now, what do I want coming back to me? And that's what the two options that God gave us in this passage. What do you want coming back to you when it comes around? So we get into this. Because the Bible says, don't be deceived. Don't listen to the devil. You know why it opens up with that? Because a lot of people, that deceiving part is the idea that it does not matter it doesn't, I'm not hurting anybody. That's what the devil wants you to tell. I'll go out and drink and have a good time and I'm not hurting anybody until you're, until you're out of your mind and you get in that car not knowing what you're doing. You reap what you sow. You go out and get that job and then you quit because the boss was really mad at you. And Let me give some graduates some advice. Let me tell our teens some advice. You need to grow up and realize life is not easy. And just because the going gets tough doesn't mean you get out. And they have this idea that you, you go every four weeks until they make you work on a Friday night when I wanted to be with my buddy, so you call off so many times. I'm telling you guys, I'm talking to you right now because I love you guys, all right? Can you, can you listen up to me and just know that I love you? So you call off so many times that you think, well, I just want to go out and have a good time. And I work hard and I, I'm out of school now and everything. And then all of a sudden you have this reputation that, that no matter who, what reference they call, you're not going to get a job because of the fact that they say he will call off all the time and he's been fired six times. That's great so you have a car payment over here. And you realize that you can't keep a job because you are reaping what you sowed. And, and God made this promise. 
be not deceived. Don't, don't lie to yourself thinking that I will not have to deal with this. God said, I'm warning you now, quit buying the lie that is not a big deal. God is not mocked. God said, you are my child and you will not make a fool out of me. Do you get that? You, you will not go off to college and say, I'm, I, I, attend, I grew up in church. Did you? Do you act like it? Do you live like it? And I'm not talking about you live like you attended a building for 16, 18 years. I'm talking about do you live like you know the one true living God is your God. That that God goes with you like he went with Joseph as he went into a foreign land. And he said, for me and my house, I'm going to serve God no matter what everybody else is doing. I'm going to serve God. By the way, if you know the story of Joseph, he did reap what he sowed. Because God made him a ruler of over Egypt and God blessed his family immensely. Live it up now. I don't need church. And how many people have that attitude? I don't need church. It won't affect me. What's the big deal? You know, you know what? I, mom and dad drug me to church. I tell you what, if they have to drag you to church, something's wrong in your heart. Don't get mom and, uh, upset at mom and dad. It's not a mom and dad issue. It is a heart issue. You don't reject what you love. And if God saved you, you're going to love him. And if you don't, there's something serious going on in your life that you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. The truth is, the Bible says in James 4, 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. As you walk off to college, as you walk into your job, as you walk into the military, wherever you go, he that knoweth, you're held accountable. You know. You walk in there and say, well, everybody's living it up, and they're going getting drunk, and they're doing this and doing that, and you, they, they, they don't know. They're, they're blinded to the sin of this world. They're living it up because that's what their flesh wants to do. And the Bible comes back and says, hey, buddy, you too know. You know. You know that this is going to come back. You know that I can't bless you. You know what is right and wrong. You know it. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. This passage gives two guarantees. For he that soweth to his flesh, verse 8, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. There's number one. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The guarantee number one is sowing of the flesh equals corruption. So if you sow in your flesh and you say, what does that mean? The Bible says, you can put it a number of ways, God says there's this battle between you, your spirits, and the flesh. My flesh wants instant gratification. My flesh wants to call off when I should be working. My flesh wants to lie to my mom and dad. My flesh wants to go out and get drunk. My flesh wants to smoke that weed. My flesh wants to do all these things. My flesh says that it's okay. And the Bible says it's okay because if your flesh leads you, your flesh will destroy you. Instant gratification of lust, gluttony, drinking, hate, anger, drugs, bitterness, however you want to put it. And just so we make it very clear, Christians, how dare we jump on every sin that deals with smoking, drinking, and shooting people. And how quiet we get if we start talking about other sins like gluttony, 
hate, or bitterness. How dare that preacher get on those things? They're all sin. It's all in the Bible. It's, it's he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him and his sin. The Bible didn't make exceptions. It said the reap corruption is, you, you, it, the word means to be ruin or decay. Think about those things. The, the warning here is that there are consequences. But let me tell you it like this. Consequences do not come overnight. Do you know what I'm saying? My, my, my pipe was not blocked up overnight. It, was, it came at an hour that I was not planning. It came at a bad time. It will always come at a bad time. You're sitting there going, man, I'm going out with this girl. She's so hot. You shouldn't be with that girl. You know she's got a bad reputation. A Christian guy like that. You get out, you do what you want, you live it up, you live it up, you live it up. And then all of a sudden, you're standing and you fall in love with a girl and you have to sit there and tell her about your STD. That's why I never would have dreamed. That's why God said, let me tell you back here, let me tell you right now, the idea of sowing is the idea of sowing seeds. Back, back in the Bible, they would go and cast the seed and they would drop it in all these places. They didn't even know where it was going or what it was doing. But they knew that God would, would, would bring the rain and that it would grow and it would germinate and that it would produce. And it didn't happen the first day or the second day. But one day they went out there and all of a sudden all these plants are everywhere that grew up out of the ground. It's part of the law of God. It's what God created it to do. So all those years in college, all those there years living it up and doing your thing, and then you're over here going, man alive, God just doesn't like me. And God says, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Remember all this? This was your sowing days. This was when you first got married, and you didn't think it was a big idea to, to be a good dad. And you weren't there, and you weren't faithful, and you weren't consistent, you weren't, you weren't being what you should have been. You're over here, you're saying, you're, you're, you're reaping it now, and you're telling your husband, I don't, I don't know why we can't get the kids to church, and they care nothing about God, and hey, let me call them. Hey, why don't you go to church with them? Well, you're always busy. Well, what do you mean you're always busy? Come on, go to church with mom and dad. It mean a lot to us. God, come, come here, come here, come here. Remember day after day that you guys would sleep in and say, oh, we'll just go to church next week? Yeah, you were teaching your kids every day. Remember how you would not miss the game, because it was the greatest basketball game, and you, you, you weren't going to miss the Cavs playing, and you would stay up late and everything. Remember that? You taught your kids every day what was priorities. You taught them that it wasn't important to serve God. You taught them it wasn't important to give to God. You taught them that you invest and you sacrifice to stay up till 12 to watch a game. But if you're too tired, skip church. Ten years later, we, hey, buddy, what, what do you mean you're busy? We reap what we sow. Because for all those years, you taught them. You taught them. You taught them, and now we're just reaping what we taught them. You say, well, that really stinks. Yeah. That's why we have this in the Bible. That's the whole point of this scripture. That's why God's given it to us now. Be a good dad. Be faithful. Love God. Attend church. Grow as a Christian. Do what you know to be right because I promise you it pays, it pays, it pays to please God. It pays. And what God has for you down the road is ten times better than any frat party. It's ten times better than any drug. It's ten times better than any weed. It's ten times better than any of the garbage of this world. It's better. I said, well, then how did I miss out on it? God says, because I told you be not deceived. 
Be not deceived. Because you live for the here and now. You live for the moment. You live for the thrill. You live for the moment. And you missed out on the blessing. Let me tell you a story. Genesis chapter 27. I want you guys to follow along with me. It's, it's, the, it's the coolest application to this that we could possibly get. Because it lays out the whole thing. And I'll go, I'll, I'll go quickly. I planned on spending a whole lot more time in the, these passages. But I'll, I just want to use this as an illustration. Isaac is an old man. He'd almost lost his eyesight. He calls for his oldest son Esau to give him the blessing before he dies. He wanted to give it to him before he passed away. And his request was, like any good old-fashioned dad, go make me some steak, buddy. And uh, he, he sends him into the woods to kill venison, to cook it, prepare it, and bring it back to him. Mom overhears this and decides to deceive her own husband and switch the blessing to the brother Jacob. She was partial to the brother. Genesis 27, verse 6, And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me a savory meat that I may eat it and bless thee before the Lord before my death. She said, man, I've got a plan. Hey, buddy, I want you to go out and I want you to kill these animals and and beat your brother while he's doing and shooting and doing all these things like like dad asked him. And we're going to slip you in there because dad's hearing is bad and dad's eyesight is bad. And we're going to steal the blessing from your brother and have your dad bless him instead of you. Or bless him is, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> now listen to this. He has this concern. Verse 11, And Jacob said unto Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man. And I'm a little baby face, or a smooth man. Okay, you guys know the rest of the story. They take the skin of a goat, the fur of a goat, and wrap him up in this. And then they go to get Jacob's clothes. I imagine Jacob being like Gaston. Okay, okay. It's this manly man, eats 12 dozen eggs, you know, just this, this beast of a man. But how crazy hairy do you have to be that goat fur can double for your brother, okay? All I can think of is Chewbacca. Every time I read this, all I can think of is Chewbacca. I get her just walking in there with his venison and... I, I just can't imagine how... Anyways, I'm getting way off. Verse 12. My father, peradventure will feel me, and he shall seem to me as a deceiver. This is the sowing part. He will know that I'm deceiving him, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. That's the reaping part. It's right there. I'm going to do wrong, and I'm going to get cursed for it. Literally meaning no good is going to come from this. Verse 15, and Rebekah took a goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put it upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids' goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck, and she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And I promise you, at this point, nobody's thinking ahead. Nobody's, mom's not sitting there saying, you know, this is going to be really bad. It's going to ruin our relationship. It's going to ruin relationship with your dad. It's going to ruin relationship with your brother. It's going to cause all sorts of problems. It's going to cause divisions in the future. Nobody's thinking like that. Guys, do you realize how much we make bad decisions because we're in the moment right then? Verse 18, he came to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. 
I have done according to thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat my venison, thou, that thy soul might be blessed. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found so quickly, my son? That dad's saying, this doesn't make sense. I don't understand. When you weave a web of lies, it gets really bad really fast. So you know how you fix it? You just lie. Actually bring God into it. And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. (laughs) Wow. If you're going to lie, go all out. God dropped it in front of me, daddy. And Isaac said unto Jacob, come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my, my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac of his father, and he felt him, and he said, the voice of Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, and his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed them, and he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. Lie, deceit, dishonor, stealing, go on and on. All these things are there. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. So in. It's not a big deal. Look what I'm going to get. I'm going to get the blessings. Mom, look, it's working. Mom, I'm having so much fun in college. Mom, I'm living it up. Mom, I know the girl's not saved, and I know the Bible says not be unequally yoked. But mom, God says, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta, don't be deceived. So you guys, a lot of you know what happens after this. He runs, he has to run for his life. And what, what happens is he, he runs to his uncle Laban. In Genesis chapter 29, he runs up in the situation. There's this situation going on with uh, his family and Rachel and Leah and all of them are out there. And, and uh, they, they say, I'm, I'm your cousin. Oh my goodness, you're here. Goes up to Laban. Laban says, my goodness, what, what a blessing to have another young man. I, I, I want to pay you if you're going to stay here and work. Everything is good. Man, everything is good. Everything worked out great. Genesis 29, verse 16, he said, what can I pay you? And Laban had two daughters, and the name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. There was a comparison going on there. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than I should give her to another man. Abide with me. He said, I'll work for you, and I just want your daughter's hand in marriage. Which one? The pretty one. I don't want the ugly one. I want the pretty one. Don't get mad at me. I didn't write the Bible. While we're on that subject, uh, (laughs) if you ever have somebody come up to you and say, I want to hook you up with my friend, and you ask the question, is she pretty? And they respond with, she's got a great personality. Run really fast. (laughs) Don't give me those looks. I'm preaching truth right now. So Laban's eyes lit up. Sure, great idea. I said, this is awesome. His, his mind is running in all sorts of directions about, yeah, I'm going to get rid of Leah right now. And Laban said in verse 19, it is better that I give her to thee. Verse 20, and Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him a few days for the love that he had for her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for the days are fulfilled that I may go unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place, and he made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her unto him and went unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, 
his maid for his handmaid. And it came to pass in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said unto Laban, what is it that thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, it must not be done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. And I don't know all the details behind this of how he wakes up and was like, oh, but anyways. Somebody slipped into the middle of the night and beat her with an ugly stick or something. I don't, am I going too far? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. I, I'm reading the Greek. You guys can't see it. So all this time of him sowing these seeds, and he gets over here, and all of a sudden he's like, how dare Laban deceive me like this? I served, I was honest, I was good, I was doing right, I made a deal, he broke the deal, this isn't right. You can imagine just in a flash like that that God comes down and shakes him and says, oh, it's not nice to be deceived, is it? It's not fun for somebody to deceive you and switch things around and pull the, the, the carpet right from underneath you and to lie and to do these things. It's not nice. It's not fair. Because the thing is, Jacob, you are going to reap what you sowed. It's amazing what God does in our lives. And you say, man, that's, that stinks. I, I, can't, I can't imagine he justified it in his mind. Laban said, well, it's tradition. What are you talking about? This is what we do. You should have known that. It's not my fault. It's your fault. There's two parts to this. Can, can we go back to Galatians and read this? For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit of the spirit reap life everlasting. There's a second guarantee here. There's a guarantee for the sowing in the flesh. But there's a, ser- a guarantee of sowing in the spirit, which is blessings. I believe that Jacob somehow in this passage learns that God is good and God is faithful. And you know what? What do I have to do to fix this? He didn't get mad. He didn't, he didn't do all the things that the old Jacob would do. And he said, work another seven years and I'll give you Rachel. He worked another seven years and God blessed him with Rachel. And then he turned and he said, in the passage, God explains how God was blessing him immensely. I don't have time to read it in Genesis chapter 30, verse 26 through 35. It goes in, and he said, man, God has been blessing you, Jacob. Man alive, look at all that I have. And he went up to him, and he said, I'll tell you what. I, I will stay here and work, because Jacob said, I'm going to leave and, and go somewhere else. He said, I'll stay here and work, but here's what I want if you want me to stay. He said, I want to work for all the speckled and spotted and multicolored animals. Well, it was like all the cows were black and all the goats were white. And that's just how it was. All, they were solid color from their culture. It wasn't like a lot of the things that we had there. So Laban was like, hey, that's sweet. I'm going to keep 90% of the animals and you're going to get away with 10. Well, the Bible says that something happened. God stepped in. And verse 39 tells us that every animal began to be born, either speckled or various patterns. Every animal. You say, how is that possible? You see, there's a God that's in control of everything. Do you guys get that? There's a God that's in control of who you marry. There's a God that's in control of your finances. There's a God that's in control of your raises. There's a God that's in control of the next house you're going to buy. He's in control of the blessings. He's He's a great father. He's a good God. And he so desires to not give unto you and watch you reap corruption, but bless you. When we walk in the Spirit, in the attitude is, Lord, whatever you want, wherever you lead, 
whatever you desire. God, that's what I want to do. And God said, I will take care of you. And the Bible says in Genesis 30, verse 43, and the man increased exceedingly and had much cattle and maidservants and men servants and camels and asses. God blessed. He said, what is, what is the point of all this? What you are doing today will affect where you're at tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. Wherever you're at. I don't care if you were 17 and you stood on the stage today. I, I don't care where you were. If, you, if you've been saved your entire life, the principle, the guarantee that God has given us has not changed. You will reap what you sow. So the question is that you need to ask yourself right now, what are you sowing right now? If, if it's all it is is anger and bitterness coming out of your life and then all of a sudden you grow up and you, you, your family wants nothing to do with you, God's going to bring you back and say, remember, remember, if you're, if you're so inconsistent, you're, you're not faithful to God or faithful to serving, God pulls you back and says, remember, remember, this, is, this was a guarantee. I told you that this is how it happens. Notice the last part of this, and I know I kind of skipped this part. It said, verse 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Let me tell every college student, every high school student, every mom and dad here. You get to the point where you just say, man, I don't know if it's worth it. Man, I look at everybody else, and they're doing, they're, they're having fun, and Man, look at it. They're not even serving God and they're getting hooked up. It's like Joseph when he got sold into slavery, you know. And Joseph when he was thrown into the pit. And Joseph when Potiphar's wife deceived and lied about him and he's thrown in the prison and all this. Man, it doesn't pay off, God. God says, let it, let me work. Let me work. I, I, I know it's not easy being faithful to that job. And I, I, know, I know it's not easy always being faithful to church and those things, but let me work. Because I promise you, be not weary. Don't get worn out in the middle of what's going on. I promise you, you will reap the blessing if you don't quit. Continue thou in the things that thou hast learned. Every student here, continue thou in the things that thou hast learned. Because I promise you, at the end of that road, there's blessings greater than any job, any career, or any degree could ever give you. Put God first, and I promise you there is greater blessings from God than any party or anything in this world. Don't miss out on the guarantee of God's goodness in your life by thinking you are making a mock of God because he said, I promise you, you're being deceived and you will not make a mock of me. You will reap what you sow.